Did you know, to have a healthy, balanced diet, the Food Pyramid recommends 50 to 60 minutes of King's Chaos a week. Lucky for you, we have your weekly dosage right here. So stay tuned right after we run the intro. And welcome to another episode of King's Cast. I'm your host, Kyle Pepitone, a.k.a. the Kingpin parentheses of spades. And today, I have another very special guest, my friend, Joe Vagnone. Hello, hello. I'm uh, Joe Vagnone, or Omni, my associates know me by. Either one works. How you doing, Kyle? I'm doing pretty good. So, um, I'd say it's been a while, but not really. It's been maybe a day or two. Yeah, at max, just about. Yeah. <laughs> But uh, for those of you who haven't known you for about four to six years at this point, why don't you introduce yourself? Tell people what you've been up to. Okay, so um, as we know, my name is Joe, like we talked about before. Um, currently, I own an esports organization called Integrity Esports. Uh, before that, I um, actually worked for a McDonald's. If we're talking about job opportunities and things that I did, um, those were that's pretty much it <laughs> i worked for doctor's offices i worked for mcdonald's i did that for a while i attended high school with our our beloved host here um besides that i haven't had actually had that much of an interesting life up until this point <laughs> i should say um unless there are some things you find interesting about you know my oh so regular life <laughs> that you would like to elaborate on i don't know i mean that esports thing seems pretty interesting. Why don't we elaborate on that? Uh, well, that's I, I would assume that's why I'm here. <laughs> but, that is uh, true. Yeah. That is why. Yeah, let's go for it. So I, I want to start off with this because I don't actually know a lot because once we um, graduated from high school and we all went our separate ways, I haven't talked to you that much. And it wasn't until like, yeah, kind of like the start of quarantine where we started talking again. But yeah. last I knew about this, when we graduated high school, you were just taking lessons, uh, it, like lessons. I don't know if that's exactly what they were called, but you were taking like lessons uh, in Rocket League to get better. And yes. then the next thing I know, you're running an esports team. So before we go even into the business, what happened between period A and period B? Okay, so... I can elaborate on that a little bit. It's quite an interesting story, uh, to say the least. Um, I went into the whole esports scene hoping to be a player. Um, I've always been a pretty avid gamer, if I do say so myself. Um, I've always been extremely interested in playing professionally. It's always been a dream of mine. Uh, but once I actually delved into things, I joined an organization. Um, I joined an organization called Revenant Esports. They were pretty interesting, to say the least. They were a very, you know, supportive organization. They were fun. The players that I was with um, were very good people. They were very good players, or so I thought at the time. Not that they weren't bad players, but once we actually got into the competitive scene of things, we realized how far behind we really were when it came to skill. Um, if we're talking Rocket League specifically, I reached the highest rank at that point, uh, the rank being Grand Champion. So, you know, I was filled with this ego. I had this dream. And... We went forward and surprisingly enough, I was actually the only person who had reached grand champion on that team. Um, although I actually would consider a couple of the players that were on the team better than myself. 
but we played and played. We did a lot of tournaments, all to no avail. Um, nothing great. We had a lot of practice. We had a lot of coach. We had a ton of disagreements until I realized that I do have the passion and the drive to do something in this business, but I don't think I have the proper skill or time or motivation to actually be a competitor. I came to the conclusion that I definitely wanted to do something in this business. I just wasn't positive. I wanted to be a player anymore. So, you know, I always was a very good talker. I was a very good uh, people's person. I never had a problem talking with people, reaching out and, you know, all of the above. So I figured why not um, put those skills to the test and try managing. Um, management in esports is a pretty big thing nowadays, especially like if you were to go around, you would see that tons and tons of teams have managers. Tons and tons of teams have managers for this, that, and the other thing. For example, a team might have a manager for scrims. A team might have a manager for uh, player rosters. The team might have a, an overall head manager. A lot of teams have those things. So I started up um, my organization, which I believe it actually did start as Integrity, um, Integrity Esports. Uh, but we actually didn't have any uh, financial or official business backing behind it. So I had right. that organization for a little while. And since I didn't have any um, legal uh, backing, sorry, that's what I meant to say. We didn't have any legal backing. I wasn't able to contract any players. By legal backing, I mean an LLC. Um, okay. Because of that, we weren't able to contract any players. So it made finding players interesting, to say the least. Um, the quality of players that we were finding weren't the best, but they weren't the worst. So we were getting the players that were in the middle ground, like the players right. that weren't so lackadaisical where they did absolutely nothing, um, but they weren't the players that were willing to throw their entire availability into an organization without contracts. So we were somewhere in the middle. Okay. And that was interesting. So at least we had a lot of players who would just flunk out, a lot of players who would just say, oh, we lost the tournament, just absolutely just remove themselves from uh, Discord and just say goodbye. And that happened all the time. And, but, you know, I stuck through it. I did what I had to do. And because of that, I actually got a, um, an offer from an organization called Desolation Esports. And they are actually a UK organization. I don't know exactly where they're located, but they were located in Europe. And they reached out to me and they wanted to branch out their Rocket League teams to North America. And oh, they okay. saw how I ran my business and they were interested in taking me as the head leader, as they would call it, um, to their North American Rocket League division. And me thinking, wow, that's a title. Okay. Um, you know, moving up in, in an organization where I just had myself and, you know, a couple managers who were helping just for the fun of it and for experience. Moving into an actual organization, they had, I think, over 500 something people in their Discord. They had a pretty you know, well-rounded business or so it seemed when I was first getting into their uh, acquaintance. And the, the person reached out to me, I honestly can't remember his name, so I'm not going to bother saying it. Uh, he reached out to me and he told me that he was interested. And I should have noticed a little bit of a red flag there, not in the sense that they weren't a good organization or anything like that, but I really didn't have all too much experience. The fact that they were able to just pull me onto their organization just instantly. Right. Okay. I see. To make a very long story short, uh, the, it did not go very well. We had a, we had a lot of opportunities that we could have just made on our own. They didn't really offer us much. And not to say that this organization wasn't good. I just don't think that me becoming a part of this organization was beneficial to either party. Um, okay. The organization was, you know, quite good. The, the owner, 
could have used a little bit more experience in where to put his passion because he had a ton of it. He had a ton of passion. He had a ton of what, you know, you would look at someone and you would say, this is what you need to run a business. He had pretty much everything. He just wasn't delegating and putting in the right spots where, you know, for yeah. example, um, let's say if you had a ton of money or you had X amount of dollars to put into a business and you were to look at a business and say, what do we need? And we could solve it with money for the things that we can solve with money. What are the, what are the things that we can, you know, funnel this money into where okay. like something would be better. Let's say you have X amount of dollars, like I said, and you could use that money to pay players or you can use that money to buy merch when no one really cares about your organization. No one knows your players. No one knows about anything. Usually esports organizations make a name because of their players. Right. So not like buying their... merch, but putting money into making it. Yes. So yeah. usually when it comes to esports organizations specifically, um, like if somebody were to order merch from, you know, the Yankees, for example, Merch would probably be a jersey or a player that they would like to wear, you know, a player that they support. They didn't have that. They didn't have any players. They didn't have anybody who was. They um, didn't have any like big names that exactly household names. Yeah, they didn't have any reason for someone to buy merch, to say the least. And there was really no support um, where I was. Not that I necessarily needed it, but there was really nothing that I could have done more being under that organization's name versus me doing something alone. I wasn't gaining anything by being there and they weren't really getting any help from me being there. We had two completely different ways of running our, you know, sanctions to the business. Right. Okay. It just clashed. So because of that, I stepped down and I made my choice to start up integrity esports for a second time. This time I was a little more serious about it because I gained a lot of experience. I more so not uh, more what to do, in uh, certain situations but what i think is more valuable is learning what not to do in certain situations right so what sort of ended up happening was i learned what i don't think i should do in my business from looking at the way that that business was run and you know there's no one right way to run a business it's just not the way that i think a business should be run um, right. specifically in a sports organization so with that you know under my belt i moved into uh, opening up Integrity Esports yet again. We actually started as the name Team Integrity. Um, I do remember that. And I liked Integrity Esports better, but there was another company that had the name. But then after looking to open up an LLC, I actually searched for businesses um, that had an LLC, which basically you know had the rights to that name and there were none. So I'm actually allowed to have that name now. So we're good. Uh, that's so why you you, you have an LLC as yes, I Integrity do. Esports. So yeah. I'm not Mr. Business, as many people would know. Mm -hmm. So what exactly is an LLC? So basically, an LLC, when you get it, um, you your business is now uh, officially documented. And okay. an LLC, um, the actual term for it has slipped my mind. Uh, but basically what it means you become an S-Corp, which is an S-Corporation, which is a business that uh, has a sole proprietor, sole proprietor okay. being me. Um, right. And what that allowed me to do having an LLC is put actual, sorry, put our actual name on contracts and having an LLC allows them to be legally binding. So because I got the LLC, um, I was actually able to start contracting players, which is where I would say, you know, equipped with the experience that I learned or that I got from Desolation and Revenant. Um, 
I made the decision to go full force and actually pay, use money financially back this business by an LLC, like I said, and actually start contracting players. So that's kind of how I got from point A to point B. That's um, that's my story, if you would say. Um, nice. And now we're at the point where we have two whole teams contracted and a third one is actually signing at this moment. So oh, cool. So how long has it been since you started uh, Integrity Esports with the LLC till now? So the LLC um, was created sometime in early November of 2020. Um, oh, okay. Once the LLC was created, um, that's immediately after that we uh, distributed the contract. So our first team, which is now called Team Integrity, you know, sort of in remembrance of being called Team Integrity beforehand, just, you know, because they liked the name. Um, they were contracted anytime between mid-November to early December. Uh, the, okay. the three different players were contracted at different time because of, you know, personal problems with contracts and age. But um, because if you didn't know this, a little bit of tidbit, tidbit of information, if you're under 18, you're actually not allowed to be contracted legally for anything. Right. Unless your parents or legal guardian sign the contract along with you. So you can't sign away anything until you're 18 without a parent or legal guardian. So that was a, a couple of the problems that we had. Not that it was a problem. It was just, you know, a little bit of a hump to go over just in the expense of time. Yeah, I, I, see, I get that. Because, you know, like laws and stuff. And Yeah, they're, yeah. they're, they're a thing. Yeah, they're <laughs> definitely, definitely look at and pay attention to. Yeah, to say the not, least. As you can tell, I'm not no, knowledge, that knowledgeable in like the business world. Well, you don't really, you wouldn't really need to be. The only kind of thing that you would need to be knowledgeable about is, you know, how to run your own personal brand, as in right. you, Kingpin, being your own brand. That is probably the only thing that you would need to be uh, a little more knowledgeable about. This kind right. of stuff, it, honestly, I wish I didn't have to be knowledgeable about the technicalities, but unfortunately I do, because I don't want to run into problems with the IRS or anything along those lines. That would be pretty bad, to say the least. A big thing to me, especially in this whole like creating teams thing, is mm -hmm. obviously it's a little different between me and you. Uh, I work mainly by myself. The only people I'm going out and looking for right now are guests for the show. Yeah. But you have to go out and uh, find different players, up to like three per team, correct? Yes. So, so up to four, actually, including Oh, yourself. yeah, right. But how, like, where do you find these people? Where do you start looking for people who are interested in this stuff? Not only, well, not only interested, but also eligible. And uh, how do you get, like, contact information to get in touch with these people? So um, that's actually a great question. So the main thing that is a blessing to this kind of business specifically is the internet um for uh multiple reasons um one being discord uh discord is a you know huge or has a huge rocket league community i should say right. um including the actual official rocket league discord and tons of other you know pre-made private organizations and uh private communities that tons of Rocket League players are involved in. Like Six Mans is one of them. Uh, it's another competitive thing that players can uh, compete in to up their six. And it's actually become so competitive that all Rocket League organizations actually use this uh, Six Mans to, I would say, gauge their players' worth. Because um, okay. there are actually, because they're in-game ranks, like we talked about earlier. Right. Um, 
but six man's actually creates an alternative competitive uh play area i should say where there are different ranks so there's rank e f d c a uh s i think oh there's b obviously i didn't mention b um and then there's like (laughs) b plus b plus all that so i'm like a grading scale in school um obviously the higher up that it goes all the way up to x and then pro so the people who are rank X and pro are actually the professional players right. in Rocket League. So this has much, or sorry, this has a lot of backing and a lot of um, just community generated uh, viewing, I should say. Um, and the reason for the reason why that's important to this question is because that's actually where I look for a lot of the players. When we're looking for a new group of players, um, I'm usually advertising in the six men's Discord. Um, or the official Rocket League Discord. Um, Discord is and Reddit once in a while, but I, we actually haven't found any players via Reddit. Right. Okay. Um, but Discord is usually the is the go to way that I reach out, yeah. and that the reason why that's so helpful is because it eliminates um, the need for personal information. It eliminates the need for an email. It eliminates right. the middleman, essentially. Like we don't need to go onto another platform, reach out to each other, and then exchange information and then speak. I could simply reach out to someone and say, hey, you're in- are you interested or vice versa? They can reach out to me and say, hey, I am interested. Right. And then um, basically that's how it would work. So I would give my advertisement for our org, say what the requirements are, say what our um, experience is, me as an owner and us as an organization, I would give the experience and what we require for that of players. And they would reach out and say, I'm interested, I'm X rank, I'm this amount of years old. (laughs) And uh, we would figure things out from there. And then once we have the numbers, so there's a minimum number of, you know, let's say MMR, which is your rank in Rocket League, right? minimum number that we need them to reach. And once we have that proven that they've reached that number, then after that, and after we kind of analyze their personality, um, in regards to like how they would play as a team player, how they are as a person, do they have an ego, all those things. Then we would say, now you have a tryout. Then the tryout would, um, you know, there's many different kinds of tryouts. If it's a single player, we would usually, uh, if we already have a roster, for example, we would take that single player and replace one of the existing players with that single player and see how they perform on the roster and see okay. how they work and how things, if it's a full team, which is actually our most recent tryout actually had three rosters, including the one roster that we had. So we had one roster already signed and two rosters trying out. Okay. What we did was a round Robin tournament and we had them all versus each other at least once. And then whichever team came out on top, if it wasn't the team that we already signed, we were, you know, we would most likely sign that team, but it was a lot deeper than that. We would look at each player individually. We would do a lot of stuff and we were there for every single tryout. It probably lasted about three to five hours. The one tryout, uh, we had a lot of stuff. Yeah. We had a lot of things to do and there's a lot of stuff to analyze. We took notes on every player. Um, and then we made our decision and that's actually how we picked up our second roster, um, integrity esports. Right. Um, uh, they're a team of three with a sub. Uh, as team integrity is also so that's pretty much how we reach out to players and how we get them onto the organization oh cool so yeah i i mean that makes sense because discord really has established itself as the like go-to gamer chat place oh, absolutely yeah definitely. it didn't like come out of the blue like zoom did but 
we're not going to talk about that. <laughs> Speaking of the whole business thing, where do you like rank in like the esports community in terms of starting a business at this age? Because you're still a teenager, correct? Yes, I am. Okay, for another month. Yeah. <laughs> So um, if, if I, I hope I'm not misconstruing the question, you're saying, you're asking um, how, how many other 19 year olds do you, do I know that uh, running esports organization? Not necessarily that I know, but like. Right. Like what's the average age, like an esports person, uh, a person will start an esports business. Um, I would say I'm probably one of the younger people for some reason. I don't think there's any real reason around this, but a lot of the people that I've met, um, I've spoken to that manage esports organizations, own esports organizations, especially a lot of the smaller ones. They um, tend to be between the age range of 19 and 24. Okay. Uh, so, you know, I'm, I'm, in, I'm a part of the younger group. Um, right. And not that I, I'm, I'm an advocator in the sense that I don't think age means that much when it comes to things, but you definitely need some sort of experience. Yeah. And it just so happens that the longer you live, the more likely you are to have experience because there's just, you're alive for more time. Yeah, so, exactly. Uh, so there is, uh, there is a correlation, but I wouldn't say that age uh, reflects how well you can run a business. It's just, right. but it does reflect how well, how seriously people are going to take you. Um, a lot of people yeah. actually don't know that I'm 19. Not that I keep it a secret. They just assume that it's not at all. I don't care. I actually like when people know that I'm 19 because they tend to be surprised. Um, people talk to me, they hear my voice, they hear me speak the way that I speak. You know, they, people say that I'm articulate, whether I agree with them or not, I don't know. Um, this is just me talking. But when I reach out to people and speak to them, especially, you know, potential business partners, potential sponsors, people talk to me and you know, I'll mention that I'm 19 or I'll mention that I'm not 20 yet. And they'll say, really? I thought you were like 24 or 25. I was like, no. And they were like, well, I've never heard a 19 year old talk the way that you talk. And I was like, well, I mean, I've definitely heard people speak the way that I speak, but I guess it's just not on average something that, you know, a 19 year old, um, how a 19 year old would speak. But I definitely think right. it, I definitely think it reflects the situation as well, because I'm here as a business owner not really a teenager. If, if you hear me when I talk to my friends, it's completely different. Or when I talk to my close friends or I, I'm joking around or I'm in the middle of playing a video game, it's a little different than how I would talk per se right now or while I'm in a business meeting. It's a little different, right. not in the sense that I want to change the way that I um, am perceived by other people. It's just that there are times and places to goof around and joke. Um, I never really tend to change the way that I am when I'm around different people. It's just the subject that I'm talking about tends to be different, which is just how conversations work right yeah definitely yeah that's actually pretty interesting because there's this youtuber i've been watching who's also 19 and he does mm -hmm. the whole photoshop thing kind of like what i'm doing currently yeah. but like yeah he's got he's got like over a million subscribers now good for him congratulations um but he's also got like sponsors and stuff and it always strikes me as weird like that i'm this age and yet i would not know how to go about doing something like this yeah. See, there is like, I would say the only thing that comes with being a little older is you have more opportunities to make mistakes, which right. doesn't sound like a good thing at first. It sounds like, well, the more mistakes you make, you know, isn't that, wouldn't you rather have success at a younger age than, you know, get older and continue to make mistakes? I would say no, in the sense that 
I'm continually making mistakes. I'm continually right. not doing the most optimal thing that could possibly be done um, at, while running this business. But the thing that's different about the way I deal with it versus some other people or the average person uh, is that instead of just taking these mistakes and being like, oh, well, I could have done it better. I realize I could have done it better and then learn for the next time the opportunity comes around. Because the thing that happens in business is something that I actually learned in one of my classes. An entrepreneur is never fully prepared or right. never yeah. has the, the optimal uh, amount of resources to deal with any sort of situation. It's really just the person and how they will deal with whatever situations are, you know, upfront. So, and that usually, it usually happens pretty quickly. Like I would like, I would say that a lot of the, you know, the hills and mountains that we've had to climb in this business were not something that we were, you know, perceived would happen earlier. And we would say, okay, we're going to have to deal with this in a few months. It was more of, there's something happening right now and we have to find a way to deal with it. And there's, you know, a problem with a player. There's a problem with a coach. There's a problem with this, that. There's a problem with uh, availability. We need to find a sub. We need to do this. It's all, you know, this, this, this fast. Right, and, exactly. Yeah. Um, it's really, the more you experience something like that, the more likely you are to be ready for the next time around. So, um it's not even necessarily looking at something and knowing how to deal with it or knowing what you would want. The, the one thing I would say is if you're young and you're looking to try to succeed in something, you're looking to try to build something, I wouldn't say that you need to sit down and build an entire ladder or an entire building scheme of what your plan would be for the next couple of years. I would say that you have your starting point. Say your starting points in two days, February 20th. And all you have to do is look in about maybe two or three years where you want to be. And then you basically just do your best for that entire time and hope that you reach your goal. If you reach your goal a little earlier, set a little bit of a harder goal. If you don't reach your goal, set a little bit of an easier goal, a little bit less amount of time, right? It's, okay. it's just about giving yourself uh, things that you want to reach and things that you want to do, but not being too strict, but strict enough to the point where you want yourself to succeed and you're not willing to take any sort of slacking from yourself. Because the hardest thing about being in a business is that it's completely up to me, essentially, how right. fast the business moves or how slow the business moves. I could slow things down when I want and I could make things faster if I want, but would slowing things down make the business more likely to succeed? Would moving things faster make the business more likely to succeed? That's not up to me. It's about knowing you know, at what optimal speed things should be moving would be the most efficient. It's not necessarily about me looking and saying, oh, for the month of you know, February or for the month of March coming up, what exact things do I want to succeed in? Because usually it's pretty, it's pretty disheartening, especially in business. You can either do things a lot earlier than you expect or a lot later. So having these kind of dates, it's not really something that's helpful in my opinion. Just having a goal in the future, having somewhere that you want to reach and trying to get there as fast as possible is pretty much the only prerequisite you have to set for yourself. It's more about learning as you go along. Because you're never, like I said, an entrepreneur is never going to be prepared to deal with things that are coming. So if that's the case, you're never going to be aware and you're never going to be prepared, then why try? Just right. put yourself in this situation, put yourself out there, do something crazy, do something unique, do something that the way that you think it is. And if you fail, I mean, that's where the young age comes in. We're only 19, we're only 20, right? It's not the end of the world if things don't work out the way that we expect. So that's where I think being young is quite a blessing in this case is that we have yeah. our whole lives ahead of us. So if my business seems to fail at one point, or if, you know, your brand or your personal business doesn't seem to go the path that you want, 
we still have a lot of time to deal with things in the future. And if you want to continue along the same path, you have a lot of time to structure it. Right. So it's, you know, being young is uh, a curse in the sense that we don't have a lot of experience, but a blessing in the sense that we have a lot of time. Right. But like, obviously we have to, like using that time correctly is a big thing. Like, you okay, I'm 19, I'm going to start a business. It's not going to happen. You have to go along those paths like you were saying. Yeah. If I want a business, I have to do business. Yeah, and I've had a proper a heap of help. Uh, that's the real thing that's important, at least here. Um, I've been fortunate enough to receive help from parents, from family members, when things like that, because well, it was a lot of money to start a business. It's a lot of money for a 19-year-old to front. Um, you know, unless you're doing a lot of your own personal ventures or, you know, investing in stocks, for example, you have a lot of money. It's not easy to just front a lot of money. Like me working at McDonald's for a couple of years or a year and a half would be enough to run this business maybe for another year and a half. Like it's not, it's not in the sense something that a 19 year old would, uh, a 19 year old would have just at their disposal. But there's a lot of resources that people can use, especially when you're young and if you have a good idea and you have the uh, certain um, motivation and passion to do something, you know, you can get bus- you can get loans from businesses, you can get loans from family members, you can get loans from a lot of places. Right. So it's really, um, it's really the risks you're willing to take as a young person that will define whether or not you're going to succeed. It's not necessarily how well prepared you were or, you know, what resources you had. If you're willing to take a proper risk where even if the, even if the risk, because if you're a person who's going into business and you're like, oh, I only take risks where um, I'm most likely to succeed. Well, I'm sorry. That's not a risk in my opinion. No, that's the complete um, opposite of a risk. Yeah, that's just, um, that's just a good move, but you really don't have the resources to make good business moves unless you take risks first. Exactly. Um, it's not really something that just comes along. It's not something where you could be like, oh, well, this is absolutely perfect. The situation is perfect. I'm going to jump on it. Right. Um, sometimes that happens. Sometimes people get really lucky. There is a certain heap of luck that an entrepreneur needs. Uh, the proper amount of time, passion, motivation, and a little bit of luck an entrepreneur will succeed. Um, but in my opinion, luck can also be defined as the steps you're willing to take and the risk you're willing to take. Like I said, you know, things, connections you might make like in the, in the business world, a lot of it relies on connections. A lot of it relies on you meeting someone, that person seeing something in you and wanting to help you out, or you guys being in some sort of symbiotic relationship where you can help each other out. Those kind of connections are essential you're not going to make anywhere. You're not going to go anywhere in a business unless you have connections with someone. But I, I wouldn't have gone anywhere in this esports business if I didn't make connections with a coach. Right. Um, the only reason I made connections with a coach was because one of the players that I made connections with myself because I made the risk of making the business had a connection to a good coach. And now that coach is the biz, is the head coach for our entire organization. And oh, he's wow. quite amazing at his job, to say the least. It's just that kind of stuff that happens that it's not necessarily. Um, were the resources you had prior enough, right? Did I think I have enough? Did I think I had enough money to pay a good coach that would help my organization this much when I first started? I thought it would be coachless for a while, but because I had these connections, the coach is willing to do us a favor, and now he's our full coach. And you know things go along a certain path because you choose to take the first step. It's not necessarily this path is going to be laid right in front of you and you walk down it. You never really know what path it is until you take the first step, and then things become a little clearer. If you understand right. what I'm saying. Yeah, I, I, I see what you're saying. But uh, a big thing I wanna, wanted to ask you about, because 
um, you met, you mentioned it a little before, but, um, that you had help from friends and family, but like, what were their initial reactions to you wanting to do this? Uh, and if they're different now, how, how have they changed in the time from beginning to now? Okay. So that's also a really good question. Um, the reason why there was, it was a bumpy road for a little bit. It wasn't the sense that like my parents, um, my parents are pretty logical people for the most part. They were able to look at the esports business and say, this is a pretty booming business. Take for example, the league of legends tournament a few years ago had more views than the super bowl and the Olympics. Like, live viewers i should say i'm sorry what yeah oh like in person in person viewers Uh, and like on tv as well like oh like the people watching the super bowl on tv and the people at the super bowl didn't amass to more they were less than the people watching a live stream of league of legends and um were there in person. I believe it was an LCS, uh, which is uh, League Championship Series. Uh, I believe it had somewhere in the millions of live viewers on Twitch. Um, oh, wow. And uh, which it did amass more than the Olympics and the Super Bowl. I don't know if it was uh, more combined, but right. it was more individually, which you would say to someone, and they would say, no way. Yeah, but exactly. the business is huge. The yeah, Apparently. Yeah, it is. But the question is, did it amass more viewers than the Puppy Bowl? Um, nothing actually amasses more viewers than the Puppy Bowl. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I just had to check. Yeah, I got no. There's that's the best, um, and that's the best form of live entertainment that anybody could uh, ever ask for. So I don't think that that could ever be compared to in any sort. I don't. I don't. I don't. I think the time that we land on Mars won't even be viewed nearly as much as the Puppy Bowl. <laughs> <laughs> all right noted you'll see Tell well, but anyway your uh your parents knew that this business was they yeah, were actually so, in so for lack of a better word your parents were kind of in touch with this whole culture they're yeah, not the stereotypical I, parents who yeah. are like oh well, this will never first. go anywhere they were at first in the sense well, yeah. that when i when i wanted to compete they didn't really know until I said, Hey, I'm in the top 0.2% of players in rocket league. That was when I first reached GC and GC was anywhere between 2% and 0.2% top players out of everybody in the world. And that's where I was for a little bit. And even then I did not compare to the best players in the world. And, but I thought I did, I thought I was really good. I thought we could, we could, you know, make a team work. And that was, you know, the beginning of my story, like I said, and, when I told them a little bit about that, they were like, wow, you're really good. And I explained Rocket League and they were like, wow, Rocket League is a really hard game. You're really good. There's probably not a lot of other people that are better than you. And I was like, well, yeah, there is, but I can get there. And right. so they understood a little bit. But then when I wanted to start my own business, they had absolutely no problem with helping me start the business and me being a part of the business. The only problem that they had is that I suggested that in order to give myself the proper amount of time to be working for this business and give 100% of it, I actually didn't want to be in school for a semester or two. I wanted to take a break. My parents were very against that, extremely yeah. against that. Um, because although I made my promises, I uh, and I believe that my word is, you know, more trustworthy than anything because I have, I don't believe I've ever broken my word. Excuse me. Um, I told them that if this business failed in 10 to 12 months, I would resume school. And they wouldn't have to help pay. They wouldn't help. They wouldn't have to help, uh, you know, finance my education. I would do it all myself because I wasted their time. Right. Um, and, you know, 
my dad was a little more okay with that idea. He said, as long as you actually go back. But my mom did not believe that I would go back. She was like, no, telltale sign, normal story. The kid says he's going to go back to school after X, Y, and Z. Gets so used to not being in school, doesn't want to go back. Um, and my mom I can believed speak to that, that from experience. <laughs> my mom believed that uh, wholeheartedly. And as much as I'm very stubborn and I know that I would have gone back to school because I know me, um, my mom didn't want to take that chance. So we came to an agreement, switched majors. I'm a little bit, uh, not an easier major, but a major that I'm more inclined with because it's a little more broad and more in touch with my current job being economics because, you know, economics can be applied to pretty much anywhere in business. Very true. And, you know, I'm taking a minor in entrepreneurship, uh, which is obviously helpful in me being an entrepreneur. Uh, or imagine. You know, my path to being an entrepreneur, I should right. say. Um, so once we came to that sort of agreement, they were on board with it and actually saw on board with it to help. They were helping me fund the business. So shout out to them. But um, because of that agreement, it came and it was actually very difficult. Um, I was in, you know, a completely utter like shock. I didn't know what to do. I didn't want to be in school because I was, you know, very down. I hated it. I didn't like my current major at the point. It was, you know, very upsetting. I felt very stupid because I wasn't doing well. And this Um, was before or after or during the quarantine? I think it was right at the beginning. So this kind of all fell apart when a lot of things fell apart um, because of the quarantine, um, because, you know, personal things, as you know, things that happened early quarantine, um, which I just, I don't know if that would be worth talking about on a talk show. Uh, (laughs) totally up to you. Yeah. But I mean, I don't care if you have questions about it. That's fine by me. If we want to get a little more philosophical, that I'm totally good with that. I'm an open book. I don't care. So I'll talk about it, uh, in the sense that, cause I think it actually could, help in the sense of understanding where I came from and why I'm here. Um, So at the beginning of quarantine, right at the beginning of quarantine, I had a girlfriend who will remain unnamed. Um, We were together for just over two years at this point, and we broke up for reasons. Uh, There were a lot of reasons that I don't really want to talk about, not in the sense that um, I'm uncomfortable talking about it. I'm totally fine with talking about it. I've talked about it to plenty of people. It's just I don't want to... Not that I would ever lie about what happened, but some people have different perspectives of things. And just giving my perspective on the situation, I don't see how that's helpful to this story. Um, but we broke up and I was together for, we were together for two years, like I said. So obviously this was an absolutely terrible, terrible time for me. Um, I was very unhappy. Things were not good. I was, I didn't think I had the motivation to get out of bed for a few months after that. It was not good. And then in less than a month or just over a month after me and my uh, girlfriend at the time broke up, my uncle actually passed away from Corona. Um, So these things kind of just piled on top instantly. And then a month after that, my cousin's grandfather passed away. Um, So there was just these three major, like very not good events that happened within the span of, I think, two or three months. And by God, I will tell you, I was just in the dumps. It was terrible. I had no support system. Obviously, yeah, my family, family's always a support system. But, you know, there are some things where, like, yeah, I was used to having a girlfriend. I was used to having someone to talk to, someone to text every day. 
and that support system was just completely gone. So I was, you know, with the loss of my uncle. And although I wasn't really too close to my cousin's grandfather, just I'm usually a person who tries to be there to help people. And I was so, you know, badly scarred temporarily, I should say, or just in a lot of pain in that in those few months that I, I just I felt like helpless. And, you know, I felt really, really terrible. I mean, my cousin was obviously close to his grandfather. Um, and, you know, going to the funeral and stuff like that and going to the wake, it was just, and we didn't even get to have a funeral or, or a wake for my uncle or for my uncle because of COVID. Right. Um, so it was just extremely emotional those couple months. And then right after that, the, I think, you know, partially because I was so down deep in the dumb, school was not helping. School was very stressful. I was a computer science major at the time. And computer science by no means is an easy uh, major. And we were running into, you know, classes like Calculus 2 and all these terribly difficult classes. And I was just not mentally equipped to deal with it at this time. So, so I said, you know, if, if this is my problem, then I just don't want to deal with it. Like, right. not that I gave up on school, but I said, you know what? I have different aspirations than what school can offer me right now. And I'm very unhappy in school. And I don't think I'm, I have the mental fortitude to deal with school at this moment. So... I said, you know what, if school is the main problem, let's just remove it from the equation. I right. won't go to school for X amount of semesters. I think it was two. And because of that, I'll have time to work on my business. And then, like I said, if it doesn't work out, I'll go back to school. Hopefully by then I'll be in a better mental place. Um, and although, you know, the mental part of it was a pretty big deal with my family. We had a lot to talk about. We, they were afraid so something was going to happen. Um, all that stuff was very, very, very scary. Um, uh, like I said, we eventually did come to a compromise where, you know, I would take on a different major, I would go to somewhere a little more attuned to myself. And then that, as soon as that happened, as soon as I moved into a new major, that's when Integrity Esports actually began um, as an LLC. Um, that's where all of this started. And, you know, not that I accredit this business starting to all because of the, you know, the terrible things that happened earlier in the, or sorry, uh, about halfway through the year in 2020. Um, I would definitely say that uh, there, there are factors. Um, right. You usually, you know, what doesn't, as, as cliche as it is, what doesn't kill you makes you stronger. Uh, you know, I came out of that situation, uh, you know, a little bit more well-equipped to deal with things that might happen in business, um, which it doesn't sound like that. You know, you're breaking up with a girlfriend and, um, you know, losing my uncle and, you know, trying to help my cousin cope with losing his grandfather. Uh, doesn't really seem like things that would make me more equipped to deal with the business, but those things do, they help, you know, it's not even the sense that like I learned exactly what I had to do to run a business. I just learned how to, you know, better deal with my own emotions and better deal with myself to the sense that I was a little more well-equipped in regard to, you know, mentality to actually, you know, begin working towards my own dreams when it came to owning a business, which owning a business is definitely one of my you know biggest aspirations. So. Okay. Interesting. So, um, I think that's good for now. I don't know. I don't. I know things just got a little real. I don't want to say the wrong thing, but I think that's a good place to end the interview. Unless you want to talk about anything more before we can move before we move on to the end segment of the show. Uh, it's up to you. Um, you know, you could ask me a few more questions if you want. You know, I know there was a couple other sections that you might have wanted to go over just in the sense that 
um, about the esports organization itself, but that's uh, up to you as the interviewer. Um, there are a few questions I would be willing to answer, of course. Um, any anything that you would think is valuable for this uh, session? Right. Well, actually, one thing I do want to ask, and I think this would actually be a much better final question. Mm -hmm. um, what are your future plans for the team? Like right now, I know you're solely doing Rocket League as uh, Integrity Esports, but yes. do you have plans to go beyond that? And um, what have you like? What have you achieved in this past? a year to a few months that would bring you forward into uh, whatever you have planned for the future? Okay, so um, again, great question. I think it's a much better place to end off. I agree. Thank um, you. I pride myself in my questions. <laughs> <laughs> so um, what our future plans are. So I would say that our main, like my ideal place I would want to be, like I said, set a goal, set a, you know, a very fluid date, like I talked about before. I would hope by by 2022, um, either early to the mid-year, that we would be branching off into at least two more games. Um, right now, like I said, we're only in Rocket League. One game that I would really, really, really love to move into is League of Legends. Oh, okay. um, the reason why that is because League of Legends actually has the most well-known and uh like the biggest following yeah the biggest it's the it has the biggest competitive scene on pretty much any game rocket league is up there too but uh league of Legends definitely has the biggest competitive scene so i want to move into there not only for the sake that it's a good business move but it's also you know i played league of legends back when you know i was 13 14 years old it's definitely something I, w I would like to move back into especially in regard to a business stance there are a couple other games like there's a lot of the call of duty games actually have pretty good competitive scenes right um I know Overwatch isn't that uh, isn't that small when it comes to competitive scenes. There's uh, Fortnite still is a competitive scene. I'm not sure I want to move into that. I don't know, um, but there are Apex Legends also has a really good yeah, competitive scene. There, say. there's a few. There are a few games that we definitely want to move into. It's just um, at this point in time, the reason why Rocket League was a lot easier for us to move into is because I had the proper experience and knowledge, and I did gain right. a few connections. Um, while uh, working for the other businesses and playing for the other businesses and organizations. So because okay. of that, um, I had the proper connection. So it was a little easier for me to, you know, fluidly move into working, sorry, running an organization under Rocket League as our main game, for lack of a better term. Right. I see what you're saying. Yeah. Oh, in regard to recent successes, um, there's a few tournaments that our team has won. I remember we run, we won a tournament, a Shuriken Esports tournament. They're actually a new organization. We won that tournament. Um, we There is a huge, huge tournament, uh, not even a tournament, it's a league, a paid league called The Field. Um, it is run by, actually, I'm not sure, but it's sponsored by a ton of huge, um, a ton of huge players in the business. Uh, it has, I, and the prize pool totals anywhere between $50,000 to $100,000 so is a pretty big prize pool. And it's, um, uh, we actually placed in, there's three divisions, there's division one, division two, and division three. We placed in the top of division three, which allowed us to get promoted to division two. Um, that was one of our teams. And one of our other teams was actually already in division two. So oh, okay. um, we have two division two field teams, which is extremely, extremely impressive, at least in my opinion. Um, and we have won a decent amount of tournaments and we have placed extremely high in a lot of tournaments as well. And because of that, you know, the teams are gaining the proper experience that they need to um, know what it's like to compete at an extremely high and competitive level, which right. I think is the most important thing. If, if 
as a player, it's a little bit different than being a manager and an owner. You definitely need to be well-equipped mentally and um, as a team player, more so prepared, like I said, before you move into um, tournaments and such. Whereas, you know, as an entrepreneur, you can never really be prepared. As a, as a player, you definitely need to be prepared right, before exactly. you move into things, uh, which is, I guess it's a whole, it's like a culture shock when you get into really big tournaments like RLCS, for example, which has a one to $2 million prize pool. Um, it's, uh, you know, there's RLCS qualifiers that we made to, we made day three of, I think once you get into day four, you're actually in, it's either the top 64 teams in North America or the top 16. I believe day four is top 16. Day three was top 64. So one of our teams was actually in the top 64 of all North America um, do through RLCS, which is the, it's actually hosted by Epic games and psionics. So it's, it is the tournament. It's not, Which you know, those are the two companies that currently own rocket league. Correct. Yeah, so psionic made rocket league and Epic right. games bought psionics. So yes. Interesting. <laughs> so that's actually pretty cool. I didn't know you had, uh, cause I've, I'm, I, we know each other. We've known each other for years and yeah. I've kind of been keeping up with like, you've been telling me a lot about this stuff, but I don't know a lot mm-hmm. about the business world of it. But I didn't have. I had no idea you had so many uh, future plant, like so many future games to break out into. Yeah. That you wanted to. So that's actually really cool. And I've seen you've been playing a lot of them uh, through your streams, which yep. is really cool. And I'll tell you, if you need, if you want to start a competitive team in uh, Super Animal Royale, <laughs> I can help you there. Hey, you know what? Um, you know, I I think you should start a team in that game. And we and me and Kevin actually came up with the team name subjection suggestion. I should say for you guys, I think it should be the uh, Kingpin Squires. I think it's a pretty <laughs> a pretty good name for. You should make a professional team for um, uh, Super uh, Animals. Mario. Uh, for, context, <laughs> for context, for uh, context, Super Animal Royale is this game that me and Jeff Nelson found. I'm sure. Jeff Nelson is no stranger to my, either my radio listeners or my YouTube listeners. But um, it's a game that we found. Uh, it's another Battle Royale game. But instead of the whole run-and-gun military thing that a lot of them have, that a lot of them are themed after, it's um, cute animals. It's the same mechanics as any Battle Royale game, except it's done with 2D animals. And it's a more top-down view rather than the first-person view. So it's a very, uh, at least in my opinion, it's a very unique take on the whole Battle Royale frenzy that has, like, encapsulated gaming in the last three to four years. And, you know, it's it's still not completely out yet. It's still in its developmental phase, mm-hmm. which it has been for, like, three years at this point, which disappoints me. But it's a very well-polished game, and... Um, if we are, if we do have time for royalty recommends, that's probably going to be mine. <laughs> yeah, I've seen you play it. I've seen you playing it quite a lot recently. I mean, I mean, oh, I'm it, playing it, looks, it tonight. It looks fun. It looks fun. I did. I saw your stream on it. I watched it a little bit. Um, it it, it does look like a fun game. I'm just, you know, I'm so keen on, you know, trying to climb an apex and climb in league. Right. That, um, I haven't had the, I haven't had the time. And every every day I wake up and. It's either me really being in the mood to climb in a game, so I reach out to the, the you know players that I know are really good, and I set, schedule time to play with them right. around you know doing business stuff, or or I wake up to a bunch of texts like, hey, can you play tonight? And do this between my little cousin and between you know Kevin and you, and a lot of people reaching out to play with me. It's a little difficult to schedule some time, but you know oh, yeah. I want to spend time and play with all you guys as much as I can. So I mean, I hope you can understand. Oh yeah, no, uh, I get it. Busy, but. 
even life yeah. outside of business is, is, is busy all the time. I, I, I don't know how, I don't know how I can end up being so busy, especially in quarantine. It just doesn't make sense to me. I don't feel like I'm busy, but I always feel like I'm either doing something or doing nothing in the sense that I'm not willing to do anything. <laughs> right. Yeah. But uh, I mean, what do you, really what cool. do you, what can you say? But now we are going to go into the end segment of the show, which is not going to be Royalty Recommends or Name of the Game, as it has been in past weeks. I have with me right here a dusty plate full of bottle caps. And the company from which the bottle caps come from will remain undisclosed. But we are going to go into a new segment called Drinking Caps. And this time, I know for certain I don't have an intro for it, so I'll play a little sound cue. So, basically, for the past year and a half to two years, maybe, I have actually been collecting bottle caps with facts on them. The original reason for why I've been doing so remains unclear. But a whole thing about the company that makes these bottle caps is that they might not actually all be true. So whenever I get to this segment, the point of the segment is to take a bottle cap, read the fact off it, and discuss if it might be true. So I'm going to read a fact from this bottle cap that claims that slugs have four noses and neither of us being uh, any sort of biology majors, this should be interesting. What do you think? Uh, it's definitely not true. Uh, my sister is a slug, and she only has six. So, um, there. <laughs> Was not expecting that, but okay. Okay, well, I mean, uh, don't discriminate. Slugs are people, too. Honestly, like I said, I don't have any biological backing, so I don't know if I, like, I, I have no clue, like, Clearly, there are a lot of animals that don't have noses as we know them. Like, a slug, as far to my knowledge, has nothing protruding out of its face to smell things. I forget the scientific term for smell, but that's what I'm saying. Like, a dog knows... What? (laughs) Sniff. (laughs) Not exactly, but... Yeah, sure, that's the scientific term. Um... But, like, a dog's nose looks nothing like ours, but it is still technically something that protrudes from the face. As far as I know, to my knowledge, um, slugs don't have that. I actually don't know a lot about slugs other than when you pour salt on them, they die. Uh, And they're slimy. Uh, The fact that they have four noses, I don't know where those would be located. As you've said, I've never seen a slug. You know, I would, I mean, if I were to see a slug just, you know, slithering sliming whatever around and it just had a big beak sticking out of its face you know what yeah exactly props to that slug man i didn't know (laughs) i was (laughs) supposed to know but they had four i don't know well that's my thing i i've i've i just looked it up like a little bit of research because i want to try and prove or disprove these facts between each one Mm -hmm. and i found two kind of different answers One saying slugs don't have a traditional nose, but rather, uh, this is from reference.com, and they say, quote, a slug does not have a traditional nose, but rather a pair of tentacles that it uses to smell. So, and then continuing that, a slug also has two other tentacles that contain eyeballs on the tips. The tentacles used for smelling are smaller than the pair used for sight. 
end quote. And then there's another one that says, do slugs have four noses? And from mentalfloss.com, they have, quote, slugs have four and they are retractable. Two are for seeing and two are for smelling. And they can be operated independently, end quote. So, so the from two that, for seeing are considered noses. Apparently, but technically they're not considered traditional noses. They're considered tentacles. Well, I have one traditional nose and two non-traditional noses then. <laughs> apparently yes everybody knows we have noses for seeing uh, mm-hmm. as well, according apparently. to slug dogma i don't <laughs> i don't think i don't know i'm actually very interested but i mean that makes uh, sense to me because I've, I've seen slugs yeah. you know they have the they have the eyes things <laughs> and then they have the little things I, i've seen little ones oh out. yeah i forgot I'm about those that's things. the noses but yeah. the, I only see two. I don't know how the eyes could be. Also yeah, I didn't. Noses. I, I guess they're counting the eyes as a noses. Nose to see. Like, I don't see how that adds. It's, up, it's I'm I very mean, confused and I need to take time to process this. But I guess slugs have two noses to smell and two eyes to smell. <laughs> no, no, no. So technically making this... Two noses to smell and two noses to see. Right, I'm sorry. How could I forget? Yeah. I mean, so technically, this is true. It's a true fact. I guess, as opposed to those false facts. Well, well, maybe we'll get into some next time. But that's going to do it for today. We have unfortunately run out of time. Thank you, Joe, so much for joining me today. Thank you for having me. Yeah, no problem. And if you are interested for my YouTube slash podcast viewers, basically the ones that are not on live radio, uh, all of Joe's links will be in the description. If you're interested, he is Twitch streaming and his um, eSports Discord, which is, I believe, open to everybody, right? It's more of a community thing than a team yep. thing. It's a community Discord. It's open to anybody and everybody. You don't all have right. to play Rocket League. You don't even have to play games. So if you are interested totally up to you a non-expiring link should be down in the description for uh, the video slash podcast but that's going to do it for now that brings us to the end of another episode of king's chaos i have been your host kyle pepitone and you have been my guest joe joe v (laughs) (laughs) i hope you all have a maximum week and i will see you next time goodbye